I couldn't believe, Gordon, is how you could get that much in a back of in the trunk of a car. It I just meant them. How did you do it? Well, I mean, I think firstly I measured the space and I realised that it's about you know three hundred and thirty liters, and and um, you know to fit you know four hundred and three bottles of whiskey in there was quite incredible, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, and you've you've still evaded capture. Oh, 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 we've started the show, it, it, Gordon. <laughs> it's whiskey unscripted. Hello, <laughs> Episode hello. six, season four, and can just can I just tell you, this is the forty fourth episode. What's that noise? That's a plane. I'm on the flight path. Ah, that's a, it's on the, you're on the flight path of Glasgow Airport. Uh, very good. Yes, our 44th episode. Can you believe it? Um, uh, and episode six of series four. So, um, yeah, very excited. Um, coming up to the end of... Sorry, carry on, yeah. No, I was going to can I interrupt you there, Gordon, because you just said, what's that noise? Any self-respecting student of NCIS or any detective show will realise that's how the kidnapper gets caught because the police are listening in the background and mm. they would know I was in the flight path. And if I did Very good. have someone buried in the garden, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that had only an hour of oxygen left, that's they'd be a safe. Good, that's a good point. And I think that the, the moral of that story is not to really go around burying people in your garden. <laughs> no, that's... Uh, <laughs> this unscripted has taken a very bad this <laughs> deviation. Exactly. Uh, Gord, yes. Gord, I've got some audio coming up uh, mm -hmm. of my recent trip to Amsterdam. That is very good. You've got some audio coming up as this is a podcast. Good, good. So, of and I'm, I'm, you know, and I have the news, we're now recording this um, in the 12th, 13th, 14th of November, the time it goes out. News has taken a slightly downturn out of the Netherlands. That was me there yeah, so you ago. so you were there a couple of weeks ago. I think uh, the Netherlands has got a lot of cases, uh, as does everywhere. Which not, um, and the big show this weekend at Den Haag, uh, the Whiskey Live Den Haag International Whiskey Show, Den Haag, has been cancelled. Unfortunately, uh, I was going to be heading out to that, so that is a shame. But I think it's just a sort of sign, if you think of what we've been through in the last 18 months, it's all been a little bit sort of don't really know what's, you know, what's going to happen long term. So I think there's a little bit of that. But on the Not other that. hand, on the mm. other hand, Daniel, our colleague who looks after the US, is currently in the US for the first time and being allowed to fly there as of this time last week, um, you know, sort of early last week. So it's um, it, it sort of swings and roundabouts, as it were. But um yeah, it just shows you that this is still quite an unpredictable virus, unfortunately. Isn't it? And it just um, just managed to get a little window of um, of tasting, as it were, mm, to get across exactly. to Amsterdam. So that's kind of coming up later on in the podcast. But Gordon, um, most weeks we task you with looking at some of the whiskey news um, as we look at mid-November 2021. Anything caught your eye? Well, of course. I mean, the, the news of last week was, of course the launch of Tamdu Distinction. I mean, there was a lot of other things going on, but of course we've launched a new uh, Tamdu, uh, which is only available through retailers, specialist retailers. So you can't buy it on the website. I've got a bottle of it here. This is it here. It's okay. a... I'll try and put a wee clip up. Oh, if yes. you can, beautiful. So, so what makes this different is, of course, very quickly, is that um, Tamdu's only matured in sherry casks. I think we've covered that quite a lot in the podcast. This one is only matured in the American oak element of those sherry casks. So a very different style to 
the European oak sherry casks, which are darker, and the and we and then our twelve or fifteen in our other uh, batch strength, we combine those two together. So this is one distinctive side of the maturation of Tamdu. So beautiful vanillas, beautiful stewed fruits, beautiful sort of fruity style, absolutely gorgeous, forty eight percent, and oh. available through your specialist retailer. So get in touch with them. I think that's great. I think for note to self for another episode before Christmas. It would be great to collate some of the great whiskey purchases that you might want to buy yourself or a friend yeah. and oh. other gifts and other books and things like that. So we must get a little Christmas special because oh, gifting absolutely. is so, so important. And I assume with distinction, there'll be the alternative sherry cast coming out in the future. There may well be. That depends on just the stocks and things like that. But uh, there may well be another side, you know, to it. But uh you know, we'll see. We'll just see how that goes. So, yeah, that's the that's the that's the, the latest release. But there's oh. been other other huge amount of activity going on this week as well, hasn't there, Gordon? Oh, there's been loads. As you, I think we mentioned in another podcast because of the 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 rules and the pandemic and the, the, the lockdowns. Uh, this is almost a cork being pulled from a bottle, as it were, as a, a using a metaphor. And we've had loads of releases building up to Christmas. Really, it's a massive time for the industry. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I don't know which ones you want to pluck out from there. Well, I mean, there's a couple, but I mean, we, we, you know, if we, if we look at Glenfiddich launched a specific whiskey for uh, COP26. So for those who've been not listening to the news, COP26 was released, uh, sorry, finished up technically this last weekend. Um, and uh, Glenfiddich were launched, launched a 26-year-old with Stop Climate Chaos Scotland. And it was all for a sort of charity element, um, raising funds to tackle climate change. And it's look, it's good to see releases like that. Glengoyne, of course, we did one at Glengoyne, which was in partnership with the the uh, Wetland Trust, which is our sort of um, partner because of obviously Glengoyne and the Valley of the Wild Geese and the, the importance of wetlands. Um, it was a single cask. It sold out very, very quickly. But again, it generated money to support uh, the Wetlands Trust. So good to see brands doing that, of course. And generally, it's good to see more and more brands speaking about what they're doing from a from a sustainability perspective, because it's it's something we need to do. It's something we're continuing to look at. Uh, Glen Goyne has done a lot. We need to do more across the business. But uh, it's a really exciting time from that perspective, and it's going to become more of a more of a factor, I think, in people's decisions about which whiskies they drink and things like that in the future. So, that, really good to hear. Amazing. I would love to hear. Um, I'd love to hear that. Do you think that actually will the decision on the shelf could come down to your sustainability story and how clean and green your whiskey is? That that, that that's amazing. I, I, if it does I, come down to that. I don't think it will come down to that exclusively. It'd be a factor that people consider. So, if we look at the world of whiskey in the last. 10 or 15 years. We've seen a move to more independent producers, um, you know, not suggesting that the big corporate guys aren't doing a good job, but there's definitely more provenance. More people want more provenance. They want more history. They want more understanding of how their whiskey is made and sustainability feeds into all of that. So, so I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and that's something we, we, we as a business talk about a lot and um, other, other uh, brands do as well. So we, we've also seen that taste-wise, people move around the whiskey industry. So if you look at a distillery like Nick Neen, for example, which is our first carbon 
neutral distillery, I think in Scotland. You know, they've done a really, really good job. They're, they're creating a really good legacy already for their brand. Um, and it's really interesting to see. And obviously, as uh, being a new distiller and a distillery, that's an easier proposition to get to. But certainly from a perspective of uh, older distilleries, existing businesses, it's a bit more of a job, but um, certainly we all need to move down that road. And we saw the report, which we we did as part of COP26 and our release, which was, uh, you know, stark at times in terms of the uh, the influence that climate may have on the future of whiskey. Um, and so it was it was a it's a you know like I think everybody realizes how important the climate is now. So it's just a matter of we you know the Scotch whiskey industry is a small part of that. Yeah, a couple of things there, Gordon. Um, as part of this COP26, I was asked last week to appear on camera to a news network out of Thailand, which I think you know them quite well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, so it's a news channel. And that was, so I did my research, as you do, and what I found staggering, staggering, was about the wetlands. And I, I know, I thought I knew quite a lot about the wetlands, but further research <laughs> revealed that... Um, five percent of the planet is covered in wetlands yet they capture 30 percent of the terrestrial carbon and wetlands can be mm. built in a year we built ours in under a year yeah. at Glengoyne. it's capturing carbon it's cleaning waste and you mentioned the wwt and the wetlands trust trying to expand wetlands that what a story that is if you can push money into this area i thought that was absolutely. amazing absolutely and Let's not let's talk about the elephant in the room because there is an elephant in the room and it's peat. Mm. Peat peated whiskies use peat, and the amount of peat that we use is is not a lot, let's be very honest. But if you go to Isla, you drive along the road from from the, the airport to Bamore, for example, you can see where the peat has been cut. Um and it slowly, very, very slowly regenerates, as we know, over thousands of years. So in the short term, cutting peat is um, is as long as it's in a. I mean, is it sustainable? Not particularly, if we're honest. I don't think, but uh, it's something that needs to be looked at. I think, yeah. uh, and and if peat, peat, we know peat bogs are really really important to um, you know the, the climate and how much carbon dioxide they, they they absorb. I don't think the amount that the Scotch whisky industry uses is is really going to make any difference so i don't think it will become a factor but it's something that we should certainly just be aware of and that you know and it's, it's, it, it, it's a small factor but it's something that we need to just be aware of of course that's correct correct and it's all you know a lot of these um industries are offsetting this is what mm. it's all about offsetting and you know when you see what the wetlands can do in capturing carbon there may be something in the future where you can offset by the amount of peat you take from one source you can build wetlands in another and capture as much if not more carbon um, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, these, it's a very it's, complicated. Well, it picture. swings and roundabouts, and it's a little bit. If you think about, if you think about the internal combustion engine, that is a. I mean, it's done us proud for many, many years, but it uses fossil fuels. So now the move is to electricity. My, my, my personal thing about electricity and, and batteries is, you have to mine to get the metals to make the batteries. I'm yeah. pretty sure they're not recyclable as they are at the moment. 
uh, any car battery is recyclable or any battery particularly is recyclable. And how long do they last? You know, you have the same issue that you have with a lot of things. So you could, that's a personal view. I don't know enough about it. And if people do know more about electric cars, please tell us, but just a personal view. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 it's an improvement, of course, but you then are going to use more electricity and you're mining more of the world. So, you know, it, it it's not easy, this. And, no, um, it's not. Uh, it's that, that, it's the energy source, full stop, Gordon. That's exactly. after, my, after the camera stopped rolling with my uh, mm. new friend from the, Asian News Network, and um, mm. that's that's the big question that he's going around. He was at COP, interviewed virtually all the big players, and it's this: where do you get clean energy from? You know, it's still got to be innovated. Exactly. It's still got to be a future out there. Where, and he was off to see Nick Neen, who are using wood mm. to burn in their, their their furnace, and that mm. wood comes from a sustainable forest. But still, it's not maybe where it should be if we can find a source of clean power. You know, whether it's hydrogen. Or, uh, I don't know, but it's not. Look, really. I, I I totally agree with you, and I mean it's really really interesting just to be aware of all the the factors that come into it, and whiskey has to deal with them all as well. And and you know I I I, I don't think it's an easy thing. Uh, we all have to change our lives, and it will be interesting to see how that develops. Now, what I would say though, having just come back from the Isle of Skye, oh, uh, I was on Sky last week. Um, the one thing that struck me, having been on Sky and having been also on Jura. Uh, and Isla in the last couple of months as well, is that if you look at Scotland, we, we, we produce a lot of wind power um, and all of our power currently at Glengoyne is renewable power, which is great. But um, apparently, generally, it's not been windy in Scotland in the last sort of three or four months. So the sort of percentage of power has dropped off a little bit. What is really interesting, and I saw a really interesting part about it up in uh, Orkney, was um, tidal power. Oh, you yes. have this wonderful sort of big contraption that sits in the sea with big mm-hmm. turbines, yep. big wheels, big um, fans that turn around, for want of a better word, uh, collecting all that power, that, that water moving through them. And uh, I think that's a real area that we could look at because it is you're always going to have tides. You know, every year there's always tides. There's certain bits of Scotland that have fast-moving water. You could produce a lot of electricity. And I think that's an area that we need to look more at. But anyway. I would like to talk about Sky, Gordon, before we, we are, move on we to are. Amsterdam and speak to some of the, the, the people I met over across there. Yeah. It's such an amazing, magical island, Sky. It um, is. Talisker there. And also a lovely blended scotch called the Isle of Sky. And was that something? Is that a clue for what you were up yes. to? Yes. So, yes, we, 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 for years, if you look at the name of the business, Ian McLeod, McLeod is a very sky it's clan yeah. mcleod from the isle of sky so there's a strong connection to isle of sky um and we own the isle of sky blended whiskey which is a very famous blend which you know we are putting a little bit more impetus behind which is great to see it's a beautiful blend that has at the lower level an eight-year-old sort of that smoky style we did some tasting videos for them recently all and it goes eight twelve it goes you know 18 21 25 30 so you have an amazing array of blended whiskey up to a 30 year old and there's very few 30 year old blended whiskeys and that mellowness just comes in as we go through them and you get into this beautiful sumptuous sort of sherried 30 year old Beautiful whiskey, but it's sort of iconic. It's an old historical recipe from the Isle of Skye, um, from, from, from Clan McLeod. So I was on Sky doing a little bit of uh, filming last week, 
um, to help out with this sort of relaunch of the brand for, 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 as it were. But my first thing about it is blended whiskey is fabulous. It's, it still is fabulous. I was drinking Isle of Skye, eight-year-old, out on a moor in the Isle of Skye, and it was the whiskey I wanted at that point. And that's the beauty of this whiskey. But for those who've never been to Skye, fabulous place iconic sort of landscapes everywhere and just a wonderful wonderful um place to spend time and and it was still really busy in november i mean there's a lot of people on sky and i remember hearing a couple of years ago during the summer it was called it was just full sky is full um but there's a lot of people still touring around sky which was amazing and you just mentioned with the uh, I love Sky eight-year-olds and before I went to Amsterdam I went down to do a tasting in the, at the Birmingham Whiskey Club which is great mm. so if mm. everybody's listening from there it was a great evening and I decided that night because I think I maybe you'd influence me you know I decided to start with the uh, I love Sky eight-year-old ah just as a sort of um a very competitive price-wise mm-hmm. and it's got an age statement on it and I have to say, it went down really, really well. I think people whiskey. were surprised. Because usually I took down the Glengoins and the Tamdus and the Smokehead. But Beautiful. this was a nice little curveball just to start off with. And mm, people fabulous. really get into it. And I think for me, that number, eight. And I did my research, Gordon. Eight was quite a big age number in in the days gone by. Mm-hmm. A lot of eights in the old day, on the old days. Not so many now. So that's harking back to the old, for me, the old days. Mm. eight-year-old in a blend like there's some great blended whiskies out there and we've spoken about blended whiskies on here before and they should never be forgotten they should never be you know downplayed they're they're fabulous drinks uh they're different but they produce you know you really are combining different elements of an orchestra together um you're creating an orchestra should i say with uh, the different elements of the the single malts coming together and if you do it well you can produce great stuff like we do with Isla Sky so yeah that was great and that uh, just a great to see the coolins and you know go to the fairy pools and do all those sorts of things so it was really nice few days oh. um and because- um for those students of movies as well Gordon the opening scenes of Prometheus the Ridley Scott movie about Alien set on the Isle of Sky and I know one of your absolute top movies yes one of your top movies uh, made of honor starring j-lo uh, also filmed in the isle of sky <laughs> was made of honor filmed in the isle of sky oh well you should know you you always ask me to watch it when i when i come around made of honor really films j-lo on the isle of sky yes yes and oh, i um, know that um the other one is stardust of course of course who's um, written by jonathan ross's wife and had Robert De Niro, Michelle Pfeiffer, Ricky Gervais. It was a sort of fantasy film. Anyway, filmed on Sky. That's right. The star that falls to earth. That's a, that's right. a, that's a really good one. And a mm-hmm. Harry Styles video as well, when he's filmed in a crane right. flying over. So it's an amazing place, Sky. That's great. Listen, another amazing place is Amsterdam. And this was the art of drinks. And I think I'm quite lucky to get across. Um, when we see what's happening in Europe. Yeah. There was a window opened up and I managed to get across there to do a you know, a whiskey and drinks festival, but I took my trusty recorder, Gordon. And Excellent. I spoke to our friend Luke at Demonic. Now, before we uh, begin, would you just explain, because we have spoke to other importers on yeah. the on the podcast, but just explain yeah. Demonic and, and Luke's part before he does yeah, it. Yeah, so, so Demonic basically import all of our brands into Holland. Um, family business, very similar to ours. Really great people. 
Luke, I think, is the well, he's the sort of second generation, third. I'm not sure which generation he is, but Luke is the, the from the family. He's the managing director. I think his dad's still involved in the business yes. as well. Great team of people we have, um, and and you were over there obviously with them. So Luke, Luke, they import everything from Edinburgh Gin to one or two other brands, plus obviously Glengoyne Tamdu, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Great, great, great guys, and they put on this big festival, Art of Drinks, didn't they? I just I, I recorded him last, okay. so for, for for purposes or reasons that will come obvious let's go to in reverse order let's speak to luke right now this is what before, before you do though before you yeah. do did you have any bit of ballon we did there's little um balls of yeah like croquettes yeah they and are like croquettes yeah you had yeah, some yeah i had some. just wanted some. to check so and one more and one more thing one more thing uh -huh. we'll luke can wait two seconds what are you drinking today oh gordon you have we not covered that i know i tell you what let's go to luke i'm coming back uh, let's have okay. a Let's, okay. let, let's cut to Luke and uh, let's get the drinks sort, sorted in this next session. Excellent. Right now, what are you I have no idea. Huh? It's whiskey unscripted, Luke, so I've got to... Uh, it's unscripted. It's ten past six. It's Sunday. We've got about less than an hour of this fantastic event, Art of Drink, and I've managed to corner the man, uh, or at least one of the men, in charge of this whole event. Uh, sir, what's your name and could you tell us what you do? Uh, my name is uh, Luke Oldemonikov and I am... Together with my partner Albert van Beek Kalkoen, we organized uh, an event called the Art of Drinks in Amsterdam. Um, what we are doing over here is just giving uh, people uh, an experience about uh, about spirits. So it's a, it's a trade show uh, for consumers, for retailers, uh, for on-trade outlets, um, and we are communicating from um, uh, from the brands. So it's it's a communication about. Uh, uh, about uh, about the products, uh, we do a lot of a lot of storytelling. We do a lot of um, a lot of tastings, and uh, yeah, we enjoy ourselves. Well, uh, could you just paint a picture, Luke? Could you explain where we are and why did you choose this? What is an amazing venue? It is. It's actually a it's, remarkable. It's uh, like a Bond villain's it's, lair. It, it, it definitely is a remarkable place. So it's uh, it's called the Westergas. Uh, it's an old gas factory. So um, uh, it's very. Uh, very good-looking uh, environment, um, and people are enjoying uh, themselves. I think. Why did you choose it? Because I it's a unique location, so we want to pick something that's uh, unique uh, that uh, that people like. Um, so it's a good uh, good setup of uh, of, uh, of stands uh, in, in in a great location. How many stands are here? In total, I would say uh, around uh, 70, 70 different stands. So uh, spirits, wines, uh, whiskies, uh, craft beers. So they all come together at this place. It's absolutely amazing. And we do an insider's guide on the podcast. We've had people that make the whiskey, but, you know, looking behind what people actually do in this industry. Your company, just explain what your company is and what you do. We, we are, um, uh, actually, we are, our company name is Demonic Drunken. And, and, and as I explained, um, we, we organized the event, The Art of Drinks, uh, together with uh, with a partner, uh, Albert van Beek Kalkoen. His name is actually, uh, oh, you can you can find him on Instagram. His name is Mr. Cocktail. <laughs> so he's well known in the industry, actually. Uh, but back to our, back to our company, uh, it's Demonic Drunken. We are a family-owned company since uh, 1918. Uh, like E. McLeod, actually, also a great family company. So we, um, uh, I can say we share the same values, uh, Gordon. That's it. So. Yeah, definitely. So we share the same values. Uh, as an import, uh, we uh, import from 35 different countries all over the world, wow. uh, including, yeah. wow. 
including Scotland, of course. Of course. Don't Num forget. Number one. Don't forget Scotland. Never thought 35 countries. Uh, in total, so um, uh, many countries. Uh, but what they have all in common is that they, uh, uh, mo most of them are family-owned. Uh, they have a big focus on heritage. They have a big focus on quality. Uh, that's important for us. And do you have uh, to go to these places. How do you choose? That's a very good question. It's <laughs> yes. a very maybe good question. At this time on a Sunday, it's maybe too much. <laughs> it, it probably is, but um, I mean, it, for us, it's always. Um, um, of course, we do our research and we uh, do our analysis, and based on that, we make decisions if we start with a company or not. Uh, but most important for us is, do we share the same values? And uh, that's definitely the case with uh, with Ian McLeod. Uh, and if we think that we can give a product the focus that it deserves. Um, and if there is a market for in uh, in the Netherlands, then uh, probably we will have a. There's a then then there is a, uh, then there probably is, there will be some space in our portfolio to uh, to uh, to sell and, it. And you mentioned with the Netherlands market, you did. I thought very interesting. You divided the days up. That's true. This, so, this, yeah. which sometimes you just go to these events. And it's, it's just three days, but you, you very cleverly divided the days up no, we, into different sections. It's definitely, uh, definitely the case. So what we did is we have three different days. Uh, every day we are focusing on a different audience. So on, on Saturday we uh, welcomed a lot of uh, consumers. On uh, Sunday we were focusing on uh, on retailers, uh, and on Monday today actually uh, we welcomed a lot of uh, on trade outlets, uh, horeca as we call them in uh, in the Netherlands. Yeah. Excuse me, I said that beginning of Sunday. I've lost a day. It's <laughs> a good sign, Gordon. It's a good sign. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and my final question: highlights. What's been the highlight? Obviously, you're going to say the Ian McLeod stall, but honestly, not just a joke. But what's been what surprised you? What has delighted you when you've um, been walking around in the last two or three days? Uh, besides the Ian McLeod stand, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's it's uh, it's the whole concept. So we we wanted to f to come up with something that's uh, that's unique. I uh, want to come up with a platform where we can welcome all uh, groups that are involved with uh, with drinks, which is consumers, uh, business. Uh, which one do we have to get actually? Uh, that's it. Business and then consumers. So on trade, off trade. Um, so we all wel wel welcome them in, uh, in, in, in this place. Exactly. Different categories, beers. Uh, so if 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 if. Let's say an on-trade outlet is very serious about the, about his business and is thinking about his concept. He should be uh, he should be a satisfied man, satisfied man when he's walking over here because there's a lot of choice. There are a lot of things you can, um, uh, a lot of new new ideas um, which which can help any entrepreneur for the future. And I have to say, it's a thriving market in the Netherlands, isn't it? For for spirits and for wines, it's been great. I've done some master classes. Humor is great as well. Great humor here. They love the, like Definitely. a bit of banter as well. That's that, that's true. And they like the whiskey. So I think there's lots of similarities between Scotland and uh, the Netherlands in that respect. Yeah, I mean, but it's a fun industry, uh, Gordon. So uh, um, I mean, it's an it's an industry where fun uh, and work is coming together. I mean, if you don't like uh, to go to to go to a bar. Probably you will not suit the job, is it? Correct, correct. And my last question, will there be another one? Uh, definitely yes. Look, on that note, thank you very much for being in Whiskey Unscripted. We have done it, yes. Thank you, Gordon. Very good, very good. Oh. Now, oh. let's go on to the order of the day. 
what uh, whiskey are you drinking today? Well, you you you, you surprised me earlier on there. So I have went for my old staple, the Glengoyne Cask Strength, oh, which yeah. is uh, one of the great whiskies. This one is batch number eight, and it's yep. fifty nine point two percent, Gordon. Oh, nice. Well, I'm going to take your fifty nine point two percent, and I'm going to top trump that. What? I am I am drinking a sixty point one percent alcohol whiskey. Um, and I want to tell you a little bit about this whiskey because it's, it's an interesting whiskey from the Sherry Bomb Whiskey Appreciation Society online. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's from a, a good friend of a good friend of mine from there, which is, uh, Sean Russell. Sean has sent me some of these little, um, samples of what was their deployments, their whiskies, which they have procured as it were, from from these um, distilleries. And uh, so I've got the Scotch Whiskey, uh, uh, sorry, Sherry Bomb Whiskey Association Deployment 3, which is an Aaron, a 2013 Oloroso Hogshead, seven years old, 60.1%. And it is a Sherry Bomb for sure. Beautiful, beautiful. Nice, young, punchy whiskey, you know, Um, really lovely whiskey. And I want to say thanks to Sean for that. I like that. And I, obviously, Sean, are empty-handed. But I'll make do uh, with a wonderful cask in from Glen Goyne. Um, another chap that likes uh, a sherry bomb or any whiskey is our friend Dale Perry from ah, Douglas Lane. Dale, Dale. So yes. I thought we'd just went back to Amsterdam and give us a wee chat about uh, Dale and Douglas Lane after this, Gordon. Right, here it is. Ten past eleven. I think the event has officially started. On the Sunday, fresh as a daisy, straight to bed uh, with no. Okay, I'll, I'll stop that conversation because <laughs> they're not believing me. Uh, I'm now at. Well, could you introduce yourself, sir, and uh, what is in front of us? Dale Perry from Douglas Lane and Company, European Sales Manager. Uh, first of all, you were viciously lying about last night. <laughs> <laughs> Saw you in the bar. Uh, and in front of us, we've oh. got the remarkable regional malt. So uh, a series of blended malts that are the ultimate distillation of Scotland's kind of major st- distilling regions. So we've got the Epicurean from the Lowlands, Timorous Beastie from the Highlands, Scallywag from Speyside, Rock Island from the Scottish Islands, and Big Pete, famous Big Pete from Isla. Now, now uh, were you doing the, you are doing a masterclass yesterday. Yes. How did it go? It and went just very well. What, what happens? I'm doing one shortly. Yes, what, you're what? looking for tips. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In an interview style fashion. Sure. <laughs> uh, it went very, very well. Um, so we'd sold out Masterclass. Um, we're doing the, so the regional malt. So people pay a little bit extra at these events. Yes. Right. Yep. And come and attend the Masterclasses. Uh, so we did the, the this core range of the regional malts. Um, so we ran them through a kind of journey of, of Scotland. Um, and it went very well. It was a Saturday night, so everyone was in very good spirits. Um, and it was a it was a great crowd. And so, explain because I had a look at myself. Explain what they're all doing. It's not traditional big speakers and a microphone and you're booming out. No. Explain how they've set up here. It's no. quite clever. It's it's very clever. It's uh, yeah. It's truly 2021 tasting where we've got a Britney mic on. So I was give, strutting my best dance moves, um, and then we had everyone hooked up with us. <laughs> the dress was too much. I yes, think you, you yeah. The sequin dress was a bit much, but uh, right. had the microphone on, and the microphone was hooked up to everyone's headphones. So they tuned into the channel that you were on, and you could speak at normal voice level, and they could hear you perfectly well. So they had what looked like silent disco headphones on that were all lit up, um, and it made it really, it made it quite like unique and quite exciting, and, and put everyone in good spirits. So it worked very well. Did it? Kids, then the rest of the 
room was a big wine tasting room and they yeah. were carrying on regardless. Exactly. So oh. it's quite a noisy big room. Um, so ordinarily in these masterclasses you'd have to shout and get all hoarse by the end of it. But it was great, you spoke at normal level um, and, and it was a wee bit of novelty factor as well. And believe it or not, technology was totally seamless, which is <laughs> unexpected. Wait, I get my hands in it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and a quick, uh, your colleague here as well. So what's your, what's your name? Hi, Scott McDonald. Scott McDonald. Listen uh, guys, how was your travel? We're in Amsterdam, first time I left the uh, UK in almost two years. How did you, how did you find travelling? Yeah, probably a, a little, little more laborious than normal, but it's good to be back out in the road. It's good, isn't it? It's great. Yeah. Big difference from Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you, this, the kind of atmosphere here is brilliant because everyone's out and speaking face to face for the first time and there's a real buzz. So it's, yeah, brilliant to be back travelling. It's amazing. And once you finish a Zoom tasting, you usually go back into the living room. <laughs> Correct, yeah. Unlike the bar. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Allegedly. Deny, deny. So, it's all working out very well travel wise and yeah yeah it's a wee bit more admin heavy um which is a wee bit of a pain we're just sitting doing our passenger locator forms at the moment uh, but it's it's worth every minute spent because it's it's brilliant to be back out face to face it's not the same doing it on zoom as you say okay. probably the new no, norm as well now yeah yeah, yeah. note to self passenger locator form cheers guys <laughs> <laughs> I do know Dale. I do know Dale very well. Yes, I've known Dale for a long time. Very good friends with his father uh, that I've sailed with for a long time, Clark. All right. And um, Dale, I've known for a long, long time. Just got married relatively recently <coughs> as well. Um, but he's a top, top man. And really, I think he's been at Douglas Lane for about two years now. So a really, um, a really great guy. And um, uh, good to see him doing so well with, with a great company as well. And what's quite nice about these um, shows, when you go abroad, usually somebody's head, heading back to the airport, Dale mm. was, and um, jumped in the taxi with him. Mm -hmm. It was an old kind of beat up taxi. I closed the door and a bit of plastic came off of my hand. Oh dear. Um, so I spent most of the trip going to Schiphol Edinburgh trying to put the plastic back into the mm. car. Mm. And then I said to Dale, Dale, let's get your side of the door. I don't want to, you know, and I think it was broken already, but I just didn't want to take the chance. So there was <laughs> the dangers of traveling abroad. But another chap I was about to speak to, I think you know him as well. I do. Yes. Ross as well. So, yes. so I know his father very, very well and oh, his mother on, very, God. very well. I do. <laughs> I yeah. yeah. There's a lower comment. I do a lot of sailing. And so I've sailed with Ross's dad for a long, long time in the past. And as I've sailed with uh, Dale's father, but it's great to see these guys who are a little bit younger than myself and you, not much, but just not much. a little bit younger, <laughs> um, really coming into the industry and really wanting to, to, to be out there talking about whiskies. And I think they're both very good at what they do. So yeah, Dale and Ross are both good friends of mine, um, as are their parents and things, but, um, yeah, great, great to see, uh, Ross there as well. I think he works with Loch Loman now. So, um, some great brands out there and, uh, eventually to hear what he's got to say. Let's, let's go. And uh, it's uh, Sunday, we're about 20 past two. It's been uh, quite a long weekend. And did it last, Gordon? I, I, indeed. I'm, I'm, I'm in need of some inspiration. Long morning for you after your four smokeheads, big man. <laughs> so, uh, sir, can I ask your name and what lovely whiskey have you got on the counter here? Yeah, of course, Gordon. So I'm Ross. Uh, I work for Loch Lomond Group. Um, so this weekend, second whiskey show uh, since Corona. Um, 
We're doing just the full range of Loch Lomond. Uh, Glen Scotia had a masterclass yesterday. We went through the 312s for Loch Lomond. So um, the, that's kind of been the main focus in most of our markets. Uh, so just give us a wee, for people listening, give us a wee gallop around the, the range here because it's yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah well, we've, we've got our, um, what used to be able to be called a single blend, of course, but we've got our reserve and signature, our blended scotch. We've then got our, um, in the black bottle, we've got our single grains. This is a single grain peated, 100% um, malted barley. So really right. quite an interesting product, something you don't see every day, a peated single grain. So that's um, it, to just explain, you've got pot stills and you've also got... Yeah, we've, we'll, so within the malt distillery, we've got a coffee still as well. Um, so we distill using 100% malted barley for a single grain. Um, in the coffee still? In the coffee still, exactly. And we take a cut of about sort of 85%. So it's a nice, wow. you get, you know, the malted barley gives it that nice kind of creaminess uh, that you don't get from a lot of other single grains. Um, and then last year we just launched this uh, peated single grain as well. So it's it's quite it's quite something. Um, that sounds quite unusual. Very sessionable. So ah, nice, yeah, yeah. very, very mixable. Uh, it's very unusual. I don't know if there are any other peated single grains to be honest. Um, but it's no, it's, it's lovely. Um, and then up to the, the kind of the malt range, we're going all the way up to 30. Um, oh, hello. And the main, ah, exactly. Uh, the main focus has been on our 312s this weekend. So it's uh, 312s exa aged exactly the same way. Just the different distillation styles you get at Loch Lomond kind of giving you that bit of differentiation. So that's clever. Give us a quick yeah. That. So we've got the Inch Murren first of all. Um, which we take uh, a relatively high collection from our, our tall neck uh, or what used to be called Lomond uh, pot stills. Uh, so you get lots and lots of fruity flavour. Um, really, I don't know what, what you do at Glengoyne, but we do a minimum of a four day fermentation. So you get lots of fruity character coming through there. Then we've got our classic 12 year old perfectly balanced. Um, it's a combination of four different spirit styles. So when I explain that to people, they think I'm talking about a blend, but I'm not, of course. I'm talking about four different spirit styles from within Loch Lomond. Um, a little tiny bit of peat smoke there, but nothing major. Um, again, spirits from both of the, uh, the, the tall neck pot stills and, and the traditional. Then we've got our Inch Moan, which I call our kind of vanity project. Um, it's um, a combination of three heavily peated spirit styles. So from our tall neck stills and our uh, alambic style pot stills. What you get when you distill with the tall neck pot stills with, with, with peat is you get much more of a kind of smoky spiciness, much less of a whack in the face that you'll get from some of the agulas. Yeah. Uh, but we, we, we combine that with some spirit from our swan neck pot stills as well, which gives you that, that more medicinal peaty flavour. So it's really beautiful. If you hunted for smoke heads already, I would I'd top you up. That's a great... Uh, that's a great idea same age just different styles yeah exactly how did, go? How did the master class go oh wait oh, i was all right well, good fun good quite, nice quite enough but it's brilliant backup chat about whiskey um and uh, yeah i feel like you know talking about glen scotia and loch Lomond, two completely different distilleries but no netherlands great yeah. to, great to be here great to be in amsterdam can't complain and, and just explain what the um what it takes to get here and as a traveling ambassador Oh, it's a nightmare. So for me, this week flying over, negative PCR test, yep. your your, va your vaccine passport, oh, yeah. um, landing, um, your passenger locator form on the way home, day two PCR test, it is a ball ache to get here. It's been a long, it's a, it's a, it's a, 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 but worth it. It is worth it. It's great, great to be back. I mean, last night, 
uh, Gordy, you, ste- you stepped up to the plate and <laughs> said some nice words uh, about your about your whiskey, and, and you said a lot of nice things about you know the whiskey community, and uh, you know I think the guys in the Netherlands really are, are good at bringing us together, and it's it's just great to see all the faces again. It's great fun these events, isn't it? For people listening to this, it is. And do you know, Gordy, an it's great fun. In our whiskey ambassador point of view, everybody thinks you know they see all the fun side of it, and they see us away, you know, having a few drams, few glasses of wine last night. And they think that you know life is jolly and it's easy, but they forget the mornings are the mornings are short and the evenings are long. Goddy. So it's uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it, I, they, I think, see, they 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 my, all my mates who think my job's really glamorous, yeah. but but you know there's there's a the hard side to it as well. It's hard graft, and and then these are kind of the rewards for us, I guess. I've not seen Amsterdam. Really, I've not seen a bit. Of it. No, we've oh, not. Been to Amsterdam. No, no been to stuck, stuck in the hotel. Uh, for seven hours a night then in here um, and I have to say it's been a while since I've been on my feet for about eight, nine hours and I woke I know. up yesterday morning with cramp well, have you I ever went, woke up with cramp before? Uh, well no I'm a bit too young for that Gordy but <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I, I try to be the big man and I bought a new pair of loafers to try and look a bit smarter uh, but my feet are kaput I've got my trainers oh, on today that's, just, that's, just, that's one of the secrets if anybody's out there listening yeah. get yourself a good pair of trainers stroke sneakers exactly you know? exactly. but finally you've uh, you've, you've Chosen the hotel with a bit of fitness. Yes, well, this is another angle. You're taking this another level. Any aspiring brand ambassador or or whiskey salesman, get yourself in the gym in the morning. That extra hour in bed does you no good. Trust me. Go out there, get some exercise, walk to the shows, do a bit of exercise, and it freshens you up for another 43 drams this afternoon. (laughs) And what, uh, what, what shows are you doing for the rest of the year, Gordy? Are you coming back to Europe at all? I'm not too sure what's happening. There's a big announcement made here about the, the Hague. Yeah. I think a big announcement. Yeah, we'll wait until tomorrow night. After this is out, of course. But well, I've, um, I've been hearing from various suppliers. My background's typically, despite being a Scotsman, my background's been selling rum uh, until now. Um, but I'm hearing the Hague's one of the best ones. Yeah, and I'm hearing there's a karaoke it. bar after the show, and yeah. Um, that's right. I'm looking forward to it, but it's, it seems like we might uh, get the rug swept under our feet Correct. tomorrow we'll night. Go, we'll wait and we'll see. Wait and see what but that's that's the life of a whiskey master just now, isn't it? Where COVID dictates how we uh, how many shows we can go to, and our, our world has changed. Exactly. Um, exactly. But, but I tell you what, the whiskey hasn't. No, fantastic. it hasn't. Looks exactly. wonderful. Listen, superb. I love you. Leave you. I'm going to see what's happening down here. Cheers. Cheers, mate. It must take you back, Gordon. You you were going to go to the Hague this weekend, and you yeah, hear yeah. the hear the noise and the the fun in the background there. It's um, it was mm. great to get across and speak to people like that. But that's a great great brand, Loch Lomond. Yeah, they've done great Lens things Coast. for sure. They've got good people there. Um, they're producing some lovely whiskies. Um, I had a taste of their Glen Scotia Twenty Five. Very very lovely. Mm. Uh, there's another one called Victoriana or something like that. Really, really nice whiskey. So there's a few good ones out there for sure. Um, and so yeah, no, great, great to great to great to see them there. And I think they're, um, you know, and obviously Loch Lomond is is a sort of um, you know a, a, a sort of brand as it were with with different distilleries. Douglas Lane, quite a different proposition, obviously as as really a known for an independent bottler. Although they have bought Strathern Distillery. Um, which is a very small distillery, but they're doing some interesting things with, because I actually met the, the managing director, who's a friend of mine, Chris Leggett, recently. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, also they're looking at still building a distillery in Glasgow. So um, it's all go there, which is great. But uh, yeah, no, Absolutely. great. Both good businesses. 
great businesses and they're all doing very well and it's great you're sitting cheek by jowl beside them but just round the corner gordon there was a a, a belgium whiskey maker who yeah. are not known for making scotch whiskey but yeah. and, and i remember conrad from when he came across to glen going for a, a behind the scenes day if you're listening mm. to this and you want one of the best experiences there is in whiskey full stop and i mean that try and get a ticket for the behind the scenes day at Glengoyne. Oh, it's fabulous. It's That's... fabulous. And and we're hoping, depending on you know what, that we can do it next year. Um, we looked at doing it virtually, didn't we? And we just we decided did. that it wouldn't be the best experience because it really is taking you round a distillery to the bits you don't see, you know, the bits that you don't get to go on. And that's why it's such a unique day. And everybody came away from the, we did, we did it twice and they all came away going, wow, what an experience that was. And we shut the distillery for the day. We get 35 people. It's only open to about 30 to 35 people. And we give you some lunch and we pour you lots of whiskey and yep. uh, obviously uh, responsibly. Um, and uh, we take you around, you know, we, we get different characters there. So John will be there. You and I will be there, Stuart, et cetera, et cetera. Really giving you that insider's tour you know that real special day which has always been loved by everybody that's been so let's hope we can do it next year correct and we did it for our distributors as well that's what i was thinking in my head exactly. that was the same format and conrad from filliers come along uh got did, just a yeah. word about filliers well I've got, you know a historic business obviously uh in belgium import our brands um and it's a market that's really come up on the last couple of years because i remember about th probably three or four years ago there was a big tax increase on alcohol and actually a lot of the you know what it became it really dropped from our priority list um because of that and uh you know but now uh belgium's doing really really well again and i actually just it was a big big show in belgium this weekend just passed called spirits in the sky which we don't really do, um, but I know there was a lot of people out there. Celine uh, and uh, Stuart Buchanan as well were out there. From uh, he's from Ben Reacts. There's a lot of people out there in Belgium in that market. One of the biggest shows out there. Um, but Phileas are yeah, great business. Um, you know, historical business in terms of what they produce. Now producing whiskey, import whiskey as well, and uh, they're good good partners to work with. And they. Uh just picked up an old friend here and he's got a coffee in the hands which I don't think you had one of those last night. Uh, sir, what's your name and where are you taking me? Hi, I'm Conrad. I'm, uh, I'm the sales and marketing uh, director of Filiers, you know, the famous uh, Geneva distillery of Belgium. Ah, yes. Which you gave me a small taste of yesterday. It was lovely. Indeed. indeed and it's indeed. not just Geneva you're making. You gave me a lovely whiskey and that's what we're going to have a... Indeed, we yeah. launched about two years ago our single malt whiskey matured on sherry casks. So I think it's quite unique outside of uh, Scotland to have that kind of whiskey on the continent. Very interesting. Uh, and how do you find the events? Is this uh, well, it it's is the first time this event's been run, but how are you finding the... I, th I think the environment show. is quite extraordinary. I think Amsterdam has soul and this fair has also a lot of soul. So it's more than just a fair. There is something more to it here. So we will really like being here. And you have got a pretty big stand. Could you just uh, describe what we're looking at right now? Well, that's our stand. Yeah, it's a pretty big stand. And uh, the focus is mainly on uh, barrel-aged Geneva because, you know, in the low countries, mainly Belgium and Holland, Geneva is still pretty big as a category. 
and we really want to promote the Battle Age Geneva because we see it a little bit as our mission to see that our children and grandchildren still remember what Geneva is all about and Geneva deserves to be a little bit more premium looked at than what it is right now so that's and was why that the case in the past as well was that a little bit overlooked well, and not as premium well it was it was mainly about young Geneva uh, not aged and um, we really put the focus the last 50 years on aging Geneva and it's really become a total different spirit it's it's very close to whiskey it still has the juniper punch in it but still it can it can really be very competitive with with all the aged spirits that are more and more in traction across europe and across the and across the globe and it does look like whiskey and as you say you could actually argue that long ago it was the same and then they split and one became whiskey one followed the gin path, the Geneva path. It does have a very, very long history. And uh, I think personally, Geneva is at the base of a lot of spirits that arised about 200, 300 years ago. Not only gin, but also whiskey. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, indeed. And tell me why the whiskey, why did you go down the whiskey route and what are you maturing your spirit in? You create this lovely spirit from malted barley. Indeed. And then you put it into casks. What casks? Well, for our uh, single malt whiskey, we only use uh, sherry casks. So, uh, Pedro Jimenez Oloroso. And for our uh, Geneva, we use first fill bourbon casks. Okay, so European oak for our single malt, American oak for our Geneva's. And how long are you leaving it in there? How old? We have Geneva's up until 30 years old, uh, aged. We still have some barrels already of 35, 36 years old. Uh, for our single malt whiskey, the oldest cars that we have for the moment are around 14 years old. But uh, we're building up. Yeah, well, it's a great story, a really great story. That's a really great company you've got there, a great group of, great group of people. Uh, I hope it goes well. They're very passionate. You know, it's all about experience. Uh, consuming and drinking spirits is all about the experience around it. It's not just for drinking. So you need to create the experience, you need to create the exclusivity, you need to create the special the special taste, having a digestive, as we call it here, something to drink after your dinner, those times are over. You just drink to enjoy your spirit. And just a quick word, uh, it's whiskey unscripted, a quick word about the whiskey uh, scene in Belgium for our listeners. What's it What's it like if you're not been? Is it a healthy it's, scene? It is a very healthy thing and, and, and it's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, you see that, that the spirit drinker in Belgium is more and more appreciating aged spirits, spirits that have hard label into them, uh, they are more and more appreciated. Um, quantities are going down, but quality is going up dramatically. And as you have seen over the last 20 years, uh, it was mainly the Scottish aged whiskies, the more premium whiskies, that really m made for the push and the interest of the Belgian consumer. Now you see that also New World whiskies and other aged spirits are really increasing in terms of, uh, of turnover. Right, that's a really fascinating insight into it is. Belgian whiskey uh, and the whole world of whiskey. Listen, it's now 25 past 11. We've got a, a long day ahead of us. Indeed, indeed. It was a long day yesterday and still two long days to come. And your coffee's getting colder, so I'll let you go. Listen, thank you very much, Conrad. Great to speak no to problem. you. All the best. Thank you. Cheers. Bye, Gordon. Bye-bye. Oh, there we go. Uh, just great to hear a sort of different spin on the, oh, the world of, of whiskey absolutely. to Geneva, to single malt, to importing. So quite a multifaceted business that. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, you know, I think it shows you, I think what we've tried to show in the podcast over the years, well, two years, um, is the cogs in the wheel that go through, 
you know, a distributor network. So, for example, the release of Tamdu Distinction, we've we have priority markets, um, which are our top tier markets. So they're Australia, Germany, uh, Holland, uh, the UK, America, Canada a little bit, and Asia. So when we release a limited amount of whiskey like Distinction, and we you know, we're really working with our specialist retail network, we're working through our distributors. So, um, you know, we're working with our distributors like Demonic or like um, like uh, Borco in, in Germany or, or our people in America to get that into the market, into the right type of retailers that understand that whiskey as well as can sell it to the, you know, to the people that we that want to get it. So it's, it's an amazing sort of, cogged system which if we're honest in the last 18 months has lost a tooth or two um it's not running as smoothly as it used to not because of anything we do or what our distributor does but all the elements in the middle the the, you know firstly from our perspective the sourcing of the 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 sort of dry goods as we would call the bottle the corks the cardboard is really really difficult the shipping you know the price of containers are now five times what they were the you know all of this means it's a brexit to a certain extent but not really when you're shipping that amount so all these things have caused that whole system to be under strain it's not just whiskey we've seen it across everything um and 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 even for example in the states i was hearing there's eighty thousand lorry drivers they don't have they're short of lorry drivers in the states as we are as everybody is so all that's been put under strain but it's great that we can still work with these guys under those circumstances we stay still ultimately get to where we want to be it's just the timing can't always be as slick as it used to be it's a fascinating insight gordon and even before i came into the world of whiskey i would never have thought all this was happening so it's a great way you've explained it there about selling it into distributors who then get it into the right wholesalers who know the right customers and that's it's an amazing way of uh, breaking mm. it down that many people maybe don't think of. Mm. Uh, another thing I wasn't thinking of, just to wrap up, Gordon, I'm on to some research. Coming back with some challenges next time. Uh, I've got, I've got some. I've got, we've run out of time at the moment, so I will have some answers. You just need to give me the questions. Oh, I um, love that game. That's we're doing that as well. But I'm uh, also in the middle of research. There was a, uh, a a lady who is in my local village here. She goes back into the late sixties working in a bar here in Glasgow and she remembers getting labels and had to put the labels on the bottles and then get the cask of whiskey come in and they would fill the bottles in the bar. Now that didn't happen internationally for shipping. Mm. So, and she gave me, I'll hold it up here just now, uh, one of the little, um, sort of, if it was a fancy bottle of whiskey, you put on this, it's almost like a wee medal made of uh, sort of golds, plated bit of tartan and you put it over the top of the bottle over the neck and it said scotch so that's i'm investigating did producers in glasgow send out barrels to pubs who fill the bottles themselves she she remembers it so a little bit of social history gordon that's going to be my uh, subject of discussion for the next few weeks and see just i, I love all that stuff about that's brilliant what exactly that's brilliant how it got to your lips, as it were, you know. So that's what I'm up to this week. Anything, Gordon, yourself? Are you on to something? Um, no, more? I've got a few things. I'm off to Glengoyne very shortly, which is nice. We've got some new uh, 
new people who've joined the business so i'm inducting them a little bit with glenn Goyne, and then um and then yeah just a, a busy week of doing other things um i was meant to be going obviously off to holland uh, so i've got a weekend at home so that's hey. gonna be hey so um yeah um all good so yeah looking forward to this coming out and then we'll probably do maybe a couple more before christmas we'll take a break take a um, break yeah i'll have a wee gifting episode and yeah what? yeah you know all that stuff so that'd be great and then a wee special maybe to finish it all off at the end of the year fabulous fabulous out and about great and if, any, and if anybody's got anything they want us to cover drop us a message drop us an email uh on the instagram account you can get to the uh join us on instagram come on yes. join us on instagram facebook we will cover that for you and we'll uh, we'll speak to you soon. Great oh, no. Enjoy the whiskey, and I'll see you soon. Oh, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.